Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. Steph versus LeBron. Jokic versus Booker. Joel Embiid versus Tatum and the Celtics. Jimmy Buckets trying to put away New York City. Bet Online Sportsbook has you covered with all the props, odds, promos, and parlays as we decide the final four in basketball's playoffs this week. Use our promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. It is a fantabulous Tuesday, May 9th, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count. But we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is that you may be listening. We have got a fantabulous, fantabulous show coming at you today. All of our NBA playoff coverage has been intense, focused on storylines and situations. And we've done a handful of very interesting eulogies We have talked at length about the 76ers Celtics series. We have talked at length about Jimmy Buckets and the Miami Heat against the New York Knicks of Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett, Josh Hart, sometimes Julius Randle. Somehow the Knicks are better off when Julius Randle takes a deferred role in the offense, and I bet you Julius Randle's going to get traded this offseason. We've talked at length about that. We haven't talked as much about Denver and Phoenix as I would have liked to. However, I'm guessing that with Game 5 coming up tonight, we're going to get some opportunities to talk about this series a little bit more, especially if and when the Phoenix Suns get eliminated, because there is a really good eulogy that I have in the bank ready to talk about the Phoenix Suns if and when Denver is able to put them away We've talked about all of these playoff series and all of these storylines, yet there's been one noticeable exception to that rule. And so today, recording, well, technically recording on Monday night, so before Game 4, I want to talk about Lakers and Warriors. And we haven't really talked a whole lot about the Lakers and Warriors series because, as I talked about last week, My mind didn't really contemplate a possibility that it would be Lakers and Warriors in the second round of the playoffs. I said it was going to be Grizzlies and Kings. In my mind, I thought, well, maybe one of them will lose. There was not really a scenario in my mind where both of those teams would lose 
Because the Memphis Grizzlies all season were clearly better than the Los Angeles Lakers. And even in the playoffs, the Sacramento Kings were a better team than the Golden State Warriors. And the Golden State Warriors won the series in seven games. And the Los Angeles Lakers pretty much ran through the Memphis Grizzlies. And advanced analytics, PER, SRS, suggest that since the All-Star break, the Lakers have been one of the five best teams in the NBA. So I think that one is less surprising than the Warriors beating the Kings because the Sacramento Kings were just clearly a better team than the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors did not have the depth. The Golden State Warriors did not have the offensive firepower outside of Steph Curry burying shot after shot and the one game where Klay Thompson went kind of off. He had like 21 points, but the Warriors just were playing five guys. Their strategy for capturing Sacramento was slowing down their offense. They couldn't score with Sacramento. That was clear in Game 1 and Game 2 and in Game 6 when the Warriors couldn't put anything up from anywhere and the Kings put up 120 on them. Even that Game 4 that Harrison Barnes missed the game-winning shot for the Warriors, it was or for the Kings against the Warriors, it was their best shooting performance of the series, and the Sacramento Kings still put up 125 and had a shot to beat them at the very end. All of that to say, I had no idea what the fuck was going to happen in the Golden State Warriors and Los Angeles Lakers series. I felt pretty good the Nuggets were going to win in five, which at this point, uh, we'll see what ends up happening, because, you know. And the Golden State Warriors find themselves... Against the Lakers in the other side of the Western Conference playoff, it's going to be weird that one of those teams is going to make the conference finals. Because if the Lakers make the conference finals, they were the 13 seed not that long ago, got rid of Russell Westbrook and a first round pick and some expiring contracts and basically fixed all of their problems, which is incredible to think about. LeBron had a broken foot. And it looked like they were going to miss the play-in, or if they made the play-in, they were going to be a nine or a ten seed. And at the end of the and then in the play-in, they were losing to Minnesota. And if not for Anthony Edwards going two for fourteen in that eight-seven play-in game, the Lakers probably lose there, and then are either the eight seed playing Denver or missing the playoffs altogether. Like it's going to be weird if one of those teams makes the conference finals. Lakers just explained why Golden State. They are not one of the four best teams in the Western Conference. They might not even be one of the five best teams in the Western Conference. And this is basketball. In basketball, rarely do you ever see a team that is not as well matched as someone else. Not just pull off one upset, two upsets in the first round of the playoff. Like Golden State, I don't know if Golden State beating the Lakers would be an upset by... The fact that that the Warriors were a higher seed than the Lakers and the fact that the Warriors were maybe favored against the Lakers, but it would be shocking if Golden State went to the conference finals over this Lakers team. And the reason I bring up this Lakers team is because the first game of Warriors-Lakers that I sat down and watched and watched with intent was Game 3. And what I saw in Game 3 was the Los Angeles Lakers systematically pick apart the Golden State Warriors to the point where the Warriors were up 40-29 to at one point in that game, and then the Lakers were up 69-52, 
which if my math is correct, that's a 40-12 to run that the Lakers went on over Golden State. And what's surprising is this isn't even the first time this has happened to the Lakers in the playoffs, and this isn't even the first time it's happened to the Lakers in a Game 3. In Game 3 against Memphis, the Lakers started out the game on a 33-8 to scoring run. The Memphis, I I had to double take to make sure it was correct. The Memphis Grizzlies scored eight points in a quarter of an NBA basketball game. The Golden State Warriors, in 14 minutes of basketball, from the 10-minute mark of the second quarter until the seven-and-a-half-minute mark of the third quarter, the Golden State Warriors scored 12 points. They could not get to the free throw line. They could not hit a shot from three-point range. And all of their layups were getting either blocked by Anthony Davis or their ball movement was being deflected out of bounds by Anthony Davis. A couple times LeBron James, but Anthony Davis had five blocks, two steals, three or four deflections in the span of like 14 minutes of basketball. It was insane. Anthony Davis was playing incredible, incredible defense. And the rest of the team is very, very good defensively. Like, the strength of the Lakers somehow is their defense, and they have found a way to muster up points, whether it was the 118 in Golden State in Game 1, or I think they finished in the 120s in this last game, from D'Angelo Russell scoring 21 points in the first half on five three-pointers, setting a Laker record, and... Today we're going to talk about the evolution of Anthony Davis a little bit, but the evolution of D'Angelo Russell, they should make documentaries about that. From his rookie year eight years ago, and it makes me feel old as shit to say that D'Angelo Russell got into the league eight years ago, but eight years ago snitching on Swaggy P and having what I still remember to this day, I was in high school and it was spring break. One of the stories where I was like, wow, I can't believe this is a headline on ESPN's Pardon the Interruption. I was just like, wow, I can't believe we're actually talking about this. Like, this is a real-life story that actually has legs and actually has some level of interest. And what I thought was so interesting about the D'Angelo Russell game, beyond him scoring 21 points in the first half and beyond the Lakers finding a way to generate offense is... LeBron James didn't attempt a shot from the field until four minutes into the second quarter. And the Lakers were losing at the time. And then the Lakers went on a 40-12 to run as soon as LeBron James started getting involved in the offense. Once they stopped using him as a decoy, once the offense slowed down running through D'Angelo Russell because they kind of just rode the hot hand in the first quarter and D'Angelo Russell was like, let me just keep throwing up shots. I'm hot. And the LeBron was like, sure, whatever. We'll run the offense through D'Lo. And it wasn't really a, a problem. And after LeBron started getting involved in the offense, they go on a 40-12 to 12 run. But the 40 happening over 14 and a half minutes, the 40 is less impressive than the 12 And this being the second time that the Lakers have just put up a shockingly great defensive performance, like shockingly low scoring numbers by the Los Angeles, by the opponents of the Lakers, the Grizzlies in game three of the first round, the Warriors in game three of the second round, like the shockingly low scoring totals where I have to double take to make sure 
that I saw correctly. Wait, the the Grizzlies scored eight points in a first quarter. Wait, the the Warriors scored twelve points in fourteen and a half minutes, and they went from being up eleven to down seventeen. And ended up losing by 20-something because every player on the Warriors got into foul trouble. And I think the free throw splits were like Lakers 28 and Warriors 8 at one point in the game. Like a plus 20 at the free throw line for the Lakers. Like I couldn't believe what was happening because the Lakers were just the most incredible defensive team I've seen in the playoff. Because when it was the 33-8 game, I saw the scoreboard. I was like, wait, 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 hold up. The... The Lakers held the Grizzlies to eight points in a quarter. That was like I didn't experience it. This was one where I sat down and experienced it, and I was shocked that the Lakers held the Warriors to 12 points. And even if that number was 16, 18, or 20 in a 14-minute stretch, I still would have been shocked by the Lakers' defensive performance. And it's so weird that I would be shocked at this point because we're like seven years removed from Anthony Davis finishing second place for defensive player of the year like Anthony Davis has been transformative on defense for his entire Hall of Fame career and I purposely say Hall of Fame career because we should start talking about how Anthony Davis is an NBA Hall of Famer I actually undersold what I was talking about it has been 10 years now since Anthony Davis was the block leader in the NBA Anthony Davis led the NBA in blocks in the 2013-2014 season. When we start next year, that will be 10 years from now. Anthony Davis has been this defensive stalwart for his entire career. And it's so fascinating that we've been doing this podcast long enough. And God, we've done a lot of podcast episodes here on the Take It Easy podcast. In fact, 1,142 podcast episodes to be exact. We've done a lot of podcasting here on the Take It Easy podcast, and it's so interesting to see the evolution of Anthony Davis's career happen in real time, because Anthony Davis has been a Hall of Famer just based on his New Orleans Pelican career. Like, Anthony Davis made All-NBA First Team three times with the Pelicans, All-Defensive Team three times, led the NBA in blocks three times, made an all-star game every single year in his last six years with the Pelicans. Like, Anthony Davis has a Hall of Fame career built on just his time with the Pelicans. Changed with Anthony Davis was that when he entered his prime, he went from the Pelicans to the Lakers, and he requested the trade-out a year and a half early so that he could enter his prime with the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going back and doing the math here. When Anthony Davis requested a trade... In 2018, he would have been 24 years old. Anthony Davis was 24 years old when he requested his trade out of New Orleans. So his earliest years in the league, I don't even want to call them developmental years because by the time Anthony Davis was 24 years old, he was an NBA Hall of Famer. So by the time Anthony Davis requests a trade out of New Orleans, we're talking about him being age 24, a Hall of Famer entering his prime, a a number one pick who was, you know, tanked for years to acquire that number one pick, often injured, yes, but still a Hall of Famer at that stage of his NBA career, 
And Anthony Davis found himself in a position where he was entering his prime as a teammate with LeBron James. Eventually, at twenty, he turned 25, but at entering his prime, becoming a teammate with LeBron James, and the expectation of you will win championships and be one of the best players of your generation. He was the key to keeping LeBron James young. And I remember we first started doing this podcast, summer of 2019, which was when I first graduated high school. Summer of 2019, a few weeks after Anthony Davis got traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. And in real time, we have watched the evolution of Anthony Davis's career go from being a Hall of Famer at 25 years old to the best player on a championship team. I know LeBron James won the finals MVP. Anthony Davis was the best player on a championship team in 2020. And we have watched Anthony Davis go from champion at 26 years old to punchline to injured superstar, kind of the way that Zion Williamson became injured superstar and then punchline for different reasons than Anthony Davis. Like Anthony Davis's was him wanting to play power forward and be a, a face up guy. Like the same reason people make fun of Carl Anthony towns for being a face up guy when he's like seven foot tall. And I've seen Anthony Davis block shots 15 feet in the air, like five feet over the basket. I have watched Anthony Davis block shots like the most Dominant physical presence became satire for everything that people who resist the New Age NBA will clown on. That this behemoth of a man wants to be a face-up three-point shooter when he clanks 70% of his three-pointers off the side of the rim or off the backboard. I mean, Anthony Davis, by volume, is one of the worst shooters in the NBA, save for the run in the bubble where he had that incredible stretch. Which I think at this point it's safe to say is more of the exception than the rule when it comes to Anthony DeCruy. I feel pretty safe saying the bubble was the exception. The rest of his career from the three-point line is the rule. Anthony Davis, in the time that we've had this podcast, has gone from being the laughingstock guy who gets made fun of, often injured, getting called street clothes. He has gone from being the 25-year-old entering his prime as a generational star he didn't win mvp obviously and i think the injuries and lack of a a lack of an opportunity to play 70 games in a regular season probably impacted anthony davis's mvp possibilities but anthony davis is clearly one of the five best players of his generation i'm looking at his time since the 2018 season with the pelicans when he played 75 games he's got 56 62 36 40 and 54 this last season 62 would be the high watermark for anthony davis although some of that was bubble so you know alternates a little bit point being oh well no they counted the full regular season so i guess that's 62 there but what's what's interesting about the anthony davis career arc is that Anthony Davis has gone from being 25-year-old who already has a Hall of Fame career, generational star entering his prime, to champion 
on what was one of the three best teams in the NBA that year. I'll never forget that 2020 season saying the champion is going to be Milwaukee, the Clippers, or the Lakers. Those are the three best teams in the NBA. They have maybe the four, three of the four best players in the NBA when you talk about LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. This was before Jokic had, had come onto the scene as one of the best players in the league, and Bede was still in that secondary class of players. Weren't really sure if they weren't a hundred percent sure if they were going to be generational stars. Jokic didn't win an MVP until twenty twenty one after the bubble season, but we saw Anthony Davis in the bubble go up against Nikola Jokic, and it's one of the greatest basketball games I've ever seen. Which was the last twenty four minutes of Game Two. Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic scored the final twenty four points of the game. Twelve by Jokic, twelve by Davis. And Anthony Davis hit that fading buzzer beater for three to beat Jokic in a classic duel between two of the five best players of their generation. A classic matchup that most people don't really remember. In part because of everything that was going on in the world. In part because we didn't write the mythology with Anthony Davis. People don't really think about Anthony Davis in the same breath as Giannis or Nikola Jokic or even Joel Embiid at this stage of the game, when this generation, which is defined by what Daryl Morey calls super-skilled fives, which Giannis is a super-skilled five, Jokic is a super-skilled five that plays basically point-center, Joel Embiid is the modern-day Shaquille O'Neal, and Anthony Davis is what you would call the modern-day Dwight Howard, in a sense. I mean, Anthony Davis is... Anthony Davis has been the blocks leader in the NBA since 10 years ago. He has been that dominant force since he was 20 years old in the sport and built a Hall of Fame career by the time he was 24 years old and was the best player on a team that won a championship in 2020. And the Lakers spent two years treading water And in those two years, I'll never forget years and years ago when we talked about the key to the Lakers' success will be one day passing the mantle from LeBron James to Anthony Davis. I remember that conversation so much during the 2019-2020 season. And this was back when I was watching more basketball than before. Now I lean a lot more on analytics for basketball because I just watch less regular season basketball than ever before. I just don't have the fan width or desire to watch regular season basketball more than I need to or more than entertains me. The Los Angeles Lakers were built three years ago on LeBron James is the best player on the team and in order for them to win championships, they will need to transition from LeBron to Anthony Davis. And in the midst of them missing the playoffs, trading for Russell Westbrook, losing in the play-in round with Anthony Davis, limping off the floor in Game 4 against the Phoenix Suns, a Phoenix Suns team that went on to make the NBA championship that year. As the Lakers go through that process of injuries to Anthony Davis, mishaps with roster management, injuries to LeBron James, being the 13 seed to start the 2023 season because they had no recourse for moving off of Russell Westbrook. And then they moved off of Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis 
clearly became the number one on the Los Angeles Lakers, and they were able to spread themselves out in such a way that they became one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Because having Anthony Davis on your team instinctively changes the entire construct of your defense. The same way that in 2020, having Giannis Antetokounmpo as the Defensive Player of the Year transformed Milwaukee's defense. Absolutely transformed everything they did on defense. And this year, Milwaukee had a top five defense, and Brooke Lopez was at the centerpiece of everything they were doing on defense. And they traded for Drew Holiday, and that put them over the hump in the championship because... Giannis was putting up these ridiculous offensive numbers, and Drew Holiday spent all of his effort guarding Chris Paul in the final three games of the NBA Finals. It was Drew Holiday just go guard Chris Paul exclusively, and Drew Holiday locked up Chris Paul, and the the Milwaukee Bucks won the championship. The transformative player on defense the Lakers have is Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis transforms everything they do because he is one of the most uniquely gifted defensive players the NBA has ever seen. And Anthony Davis is the number one on the Lakers. Like, for years we talked about, eventually the transition will be made between Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And sometime in the last two years, that transition was made. Whether it was LeBron's injuries, whether it was the Lakers losing that season with Anthony Davis on the bench, whatever it was, whether it was figuring out the roster construction at the deadline this year... I don't know when it happened, and the Lakers haven't played enough meaningful basketball to actually follow. And in fairness, Anthony Davis hasn't played as much meaningful basketball as one might anticipate. I don't know when the clear-cut line happened that the Lakers made the switch from Anthony Davis to LeBron James, but it happened right in front of our eyes. The evolution of the Lakers and the evolution of Anthony Davis happened right in front of our eyes. And I presume the Denver Nuggets are going to win that series against the Phoenix Suns. And I presume that the Denver Nuggets and Los Angeles Lakers will be matching up in the conference finals. And the Lakers' defensive effort changes the outlook of Denver's season because Jokic and Anthony Davis are adversaries. They are the two best players in the Western Conference of the last four seasons. I know LeBron James has been right up there as well, and I know that Devin Booker has made the NBA Finals and was the best player on a team that went to a championship. And we saw what Devin Booker did in Game 3 of that series. Oh boy, Devin Booker can cook. Devin Booker is the fifth best player of his generation, with Giannis and Jokic and Embiid winning the MVPs, Anthony Davis being the best player on a team that won a championship, and Devin Booker being a -a 30-point-a-game scorer, who was the best player on a team that came within two games of winning an NBA championship. Like Those are the five best players of their generation, except for Giannis, all of them are still in the playoff. And if Booker, Anthony Davis, Jokic make it to the next round of the playoffs, we're going to have some epic battles that will be a generation definer. And this is what I was so excited about with this year's playoff. You got these players all in their primes. Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, Anthony Davis, and Devin Booker. All in their primes, all with other stars who are comparable. I mean, obviously Giannis and and the Bucks lost, so that can be chalked up as a disappointment, that they didn't make it that far, but they lost to Jimmy Butler, who has been an an ungodly human being in the last two rounds of the playoffs. There's nothing more I can really say about that one, but Giannis Jokic, Embiid, Anthony Davis, and Devin Booker 
have all teamed up with stars of a previous generation. For Giannis, it was Chris Middleton, who, you know, not a superstar, but a Hall of Famer nonetheless. Devin Booker, it's 35-year-old Kevin Durant. Embiid, it's 33-year-old James Harden. Anthony Davis, it's 38-year-old LeBron James. They all, and Jokic, Jokic is a different conversation because Jokic has Murray, Porter, and Gordon, which are, none of those are stars of an older generation, but they are stars of a current generation and a younger generation, so they're a little bit different in this game, but for those four, it was Giannis, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, and Embiid, all of them have talented teammates, all of them have a, have a comparable second star, and all of them are in their primes right now, and we're going to get these epic battles. And we we clearly recognize it with Devin Booker. We've heard people talking about all series between the Suns and the Nuggets. Devin Booker's playing in a series with Kevin Durant, and he's been the best player on the Phoenix Suns. And the State lose. They don't have the same firepower as the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets are deeper, and their best player, Nikola Jokic, is one of the two best players in the NBA. Devin Booker is one of the six best players in the NBA. Kevin Durant is a top 10 player in the NBA. They just don't have the depth to match up with Jokic and those guys, and that's okay. Like, the Suns might lose. But if we get Lakers-Nuggets rematching in the Western Conference Finals, that's two stars of a generation. Jokic having the better team than Anthony Davis, which wasn't the case when they played in 2020 in that epic playoff series that yes only went five games but the reason it went five games is because Nikola Jokic got beat on a on a three-pointer by Anthony Davis like it is as simple as Jokic and Anthony Davis dueled back and forth in 2020 and Anthony Davis won that game two with a buzzer beater to beat the Nuggets put them up 2-0 put that series basically out of reach for a team that gave it their best punch and Anthony Davis punched back in a way that made it feel like he was a better player than Nikola Jokic. Like, both of them scored 12 points in the final three minutes of the game. No other player on the court scored, not LeBron James, not Jamal Murray, nobody. Jokic had the last 12 points for the Nuggets. Anthony Davis had the last 12 points for the Lakers. Anthony Davis hit a buzzer-beating three-pointer to put the Lakers up 2-0, and the Nuggets had no counterpunch because they gave their best punch, and Anthony Davis beat their best punch. It it was a two-point game prior to that 24-point battle between Jokic and AD. It ended as a two-point victory, and the Nuggets gave it their best punch. Jokic gave it his best punch, and Anthony Davis took him out. And because of Jamal Murray's ACL injury and because of Michael Porter Jr.'s back injuries, Jokic has never had a chance to redeem himself for that game in the bubble. And if they get to play the Lakers this year with Anthony Davis playing the kind of defense that he has been, it's going to be a redemption of the 2020 Western Conference Finals that I could not be more excited for. And seeing the evolution of Anthony Davis over these last three years... Go from being in 2020 the best player on a team that won the championship, then disappearing for two seasons, going from being often injured to a punchline, to then back to being the defensive, the transformative defensive player that he is, and going from being the transformative defensive player of 10 years ago 
to also every other game dominating on offense and being the focal point of a Laker offense that, again, is not elite, but is very good, good enough. Anthony Davis being the focal point of the Lakers offense often enough to get by. I mean, uh, there is a great stat they showed on the broadcast that Anthony Davis kind of alternates games right now. Like he in odd number games in the playoffs this year, he's averaging like 27 points, but in even number games, he's averaging like 16 points. Jay Williams said like his ceiling is an elite MVP caliber player and his floor is JaVale McGee. Anthony Davis is doing enough on offense because even during the JaVale McGee games, they might lose. Like, they got blown out in Game 2 by the Warriors. They might lose some of the JaVale McGee games. But they're also, by my math, 5-1 and one in the games where he plays like an offensive MVP focal point of the team. When Anthony Davis is their best player, they are a team capable of going to the Western Conference Finals. And we knew this because they won the championship in 2020 with a roster that looks basically the same as this year. Just Anthony Davis is three years older. LeBron James is three years older. The roster is basically the same. They had Contavious Caldwell-Pope as the third best player that year. Austin Reeves and Contavious Caldwell-Pope are very similar players. They had Danny Green being an off-ball guy. And the the team this year, they had Dennis Schroeder come in the following season. Dennis Schroeder's back on the Lakers. Like they've they the team is basically exactly the same. They had Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma and D'Angelo Russell are putting up similar offensive numbers. 2020 Kyle Kuzma and 2023 D'Angelo Russell are putting up similar offensive numbers where at times they could be the number three and even the number two on your team. In the bubble, Contavious Caldwell Pope stepped up as the number three for the Lakers. But the Lakers, they are 100% the team that they were in 2020, as long as Anthony Davis is transforming them on defense, which he did in Game 3 against the Grizzlies, he did in Game 3 against the Warriors, and Anthony Davis has transformed the way that the Lakers look. Yes, getting rid of Russell Westbrook and bringing in those role players mattered, but the way that shifted is... Anthony Davis going back to being 27-year-old Anthony Davis and seeing that evolution in real time of him being the best player on a team that won the championship in 2020 and now coming back to 2023 and him being the best player on the Lakers without question, that evolution happened in real time and it happened right in front of our eyes as we've been recording these Take It Easy podcasts. And watching the evolution of Anthony Davis has been so interesting over the past three years, call it four years, ever since he was 24 years old demanding a trade out of the Pelicans, to fast forward to him now being 30, his prime is basically coming to a close. I mean, the physical prime of NBA players is about 24 to 29, and Anthony Davis is not someone whose body has aged gracefully when it comes to injuries. Anthony Davis's prime window is closing. He's already been a champion on one team, and this Lakers team is the best support system that he has had. And it's the first year he's been fully healthy since the bubble in 2020. And watching that revitalization of Anthony Davis in Game 3, which I kind of knew was happening, but I had never seen it with such intensity as holding the Golden State Warriors to 12 points in 14 and a half minutes while having four blocks, two steals, 
four or five deflections out of bounds, like every minute and a half of the game, making a play on defense. Like one of the greatest defensive games I have seen all postseason and in the last two postseasons. Watching that in real time as like the magnum opus performance of Anthony Davis reminded me that we've seen the evolution happen in real time. The evolution of Anthony Davis's career happened right in front of our eyes and the evolution of him clearly being the number one, who is the reason why the Lakers can make the second round of the playoffs and win the championship has happened right in front of our eyes. And it's the reason I was so shocked that Memphis lost the way that they did to the Lakers. And it's the reason why I anticipate the Lakers will beat the golden state warriors because John Morant as the young rising superstar doesn't have the support system to counter Anthony Davis in his prime and the support system of LeBron James and D'Angelo Russell flipped around with Golden State Warriors of Steph Curry don't have the support system to take on prime Anthony Davis and the support system of the Los Angeles Lakers. They have surrounded Anthony Davis with competence and surrounding him with competence has made them flourish in the same way that surrounding Jokic with competence made the Denver Nuggets flourish. Once they got competence in the door, Anthony Davis transformed their defense and the results bear it out that the seven seed Los Angeles Lakers are probably on their way to the conference finals. And that happened right in front of our eyes because Anthony Davis was surrounded with competence and good health and we have seen him completely transform a defense and completely transform the Los Angeles Lakers roster. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. I'm sorry that we had to record this before Game 4. I love you and appreciate your support so much. I just can't stay up until 11 o'clock to talk about Lakers and Warriors on a Monday night. But thank you for stopping in. We appreciate each and every one of you for your continued support. And if you want to continue supporting this page, leave a download, a five-star review. We'll be back again tomorrow with another NBA playoff podcast. I am so invested in this playoffs, as you probably heard me talking about on this show. I mean, the, the tone of Jokic versus Booker versus Anthony Davis, the Embiid battle in the East with Harden carrying the the 76ers in Game 1. Meanwhile, the best team in the entire league doesn't have one of the four best players in the sport with Jason Tatum and the Celtics. There's been so much intrigue around this playoffs, and I'm so excited to continue talking about it as the week progresses and we start getting closer to those Game 6s, Game 7s. Every series is guaranteed to have at least five games. That was guaranteed on Saturday. Every series started out two games to one, so we were guaranteed to have five games in each of these series. How many of them are going to go six? How many of them are going to go seven? We're going to find out as the week progresses, and you know that we're going to continue to break it down here on the Take It Easy podcast. So thanks for stopping in, everybody. We love each and every one of you and appreciate your continued support of our dreams. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, and in the meantime, take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.